It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. All right, let's dive right in. My guest, Sylvia Bennett-Stone, who is the director of Voices of Black Mothers United. Uh, Sylvia, I have been looking so forward to this this conversation because the topics that tie together community safety, uh, the lack of lack, the loss and lack of policing, the criminal justice system, and those who pay the price the most, often in underserved communities, and certainly same in predominantly black communities in America. That's correct, David. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I, 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 I have a question to start this off and, and on the setup. When I say who pays the price the most, what comes to mind for you from a statistical and a factual basis? Statistically, and I am one who's included in that statistic, um, are those within the black community. And when I say... Um, Statistically, I'm one. I lost my daughter. She went to a gas station to get gas and was caught in a crossfire. That started this journey of understanding what is happening within our communities. And what is happening is that the violence is out of control. Um, And statistically, uh, as it regards to the police being in our neighborhoods, 81% of the black community want police in our communities. We understand that um, we want sensible policing, um, but we do need law enforcement. Something that is often uh, heard in the media, said in the media, in various quarters, not just in media, is about blacks being targeted. You know, the, the, st- the statistics tell you otherwise when you look at total number of police interactions. But the idea that blacks are the targets of police no matter where they go in, in any community, what's your response to that? I believe totally um, that there are some communities that are targeted, okay? And and I'm just speaking realistically. I'm speaking from being in the system and running my own organization um, that work with offenders. Um, and particularly, let's take, for an example, trafficking. And trafficking in terms of tickets and that kind of thing. There are communities where um, the police force or the justice system targets certain low-income communities because of tickets, but it's not racially motivated. It's motivated by money. Okay, because those that's in the system, those that on the police force, they're black also. So it's not racially motivated. 
is economically motivated, bringing in funds for their small city, and that's the way of doing so, okay? So I don't feel like, in general, there's officers that's out there, and there are some, don't get me wrong, in any profession, you have people that don't need to be in that profession. However, um, they just don't target, well, I'm going to go kill a black man today. See, that, that message not, never or rarely gets pushed uh, more than the oh, opposite yeah. of that. And then the question for me becomes, you know, how do we effectively change that? How do we, we as Americans, the general we, working together, you and I and others, get that message across as the louder voice, especially in black communities. You know this, you've seen this, Sylvia. If you drive the message enough, people will believe at least a certain amount of it. And that fear and that response can lead to more dangerous situations. I've watched, I don't know how many videos over time of black people responding to law enforcement in what would ordinarily be a traffic stop for running a stop sign or speeding. Here's your ticket. You've got your ticket. You don't feel good about it. They go away. Now there's almost a conditioned, uh, more aggressive response, grabbing the cell phone. I'm going to get this on video because you're definitely out to get, you know what I mean? It, this, the response has changed. Well, we've had certain people to push that fear agenda, okay? Um, and fear on both sides, the community and the police. The police are just as scared to stop someone as someone is scared to be stopped because they have put that agenda and that narrative out there that this is what's going to happen. It's going to be confrontational no matter what. I've been stopped. Numerous of times, my husband, my son, and we respond appropriately, and they responded appropriately. Okay, so if I don't come off defensively and um, looking for something, then it's typically that they do not either. Not unless you get someone with that agenda in their mind. And that's the narrative that's been pushed. And we have to change that narrative. We have to change the thought process that there's more good cops than bad. So let's, you know, and of course, speaking from the mother's perspective, uh, as you mentioned, you lost your, uh, your, your, um, I believe you said your daughter. Yes. Or your, yeah, to this. How mothers, mothers play or can play such an important role here. There's a failure point I've seen in many poor communities around the country. You name it, the Bronx, Harlem, different cities, uh, Liberty City, Miami, other areas, uh, many in Chicago. I've been to a lot of these areas. And I see generations of mothers, fatherless homes, 
with generations of mothers where the grandmother raises the daughter, the mother who then raises the next generation child in the same situation, a lot of times in the same same apartment, same uh, house, whatever the case may be. Mothers can play a big role in this, but as it come to a point where too many mothers are carrying the wrong message and not pushing the right message to their children, whether it's how to respond, how to act. I mean, what's the role? Where are the mothers today in the black community and what role can they play or should they play? Oh, we absolutely need to play that role Um, with a little history. Mothers in the black communities have always been leaders. We've always been the pillars of the communities. Um, We've watched the children to the bus stop, not just ours, but neighborhoods. We have to go back. And this is something that I, I had written in the Wall Street Journal. We have to go back to where we used to be. And and that is making our communities a family. Our communities used to be safe, and the children knew they were safe um, because Mother Jones down the street was going to watch you get off that bus stop. And if your behavior was inappropriate, she was going to correct that. And then she was going to tell your mother, and your mother was going to correct that. So we, as Voices of Black Mothers United, we're trying to push going back to those morals and changing the mindset of our communities and and taking responsibility for our own communities. And that includes the safety. You know, when Mrs. Jones would watch out for you at that bus stop, she was watching out not just for your behavior, but making sure that you are okay and that you got in the house safely after school. We have to change the thought process of of our within our communities and heal from within our communities. That's where it starts. Thank you for that. No, there's another point I want to address here. And my guest, Sylvia Bennett Stone, Director of Voices of Black Mothers United, a group of mothers, by the way, in 23 states who have lost their children to violence, addiction, and know the role of law enforcement uh, in stopping it. Addiction to that point. When when a child or a young person, and yes, there are adults too, but we'll, we'll focus on the, the younger generation. When they see the examples around them, you know, uh, selling drugs, uh, doing drugs, getting enough money to buy a, an expensive pair of sneakers, uh, stealing to support something, it, those are the... Those are the images, those are the influences all too often young black people see. Then they see the social media component of this. And you see this, you know, what was once world star hip hop is now Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, everything. And all of this comes together in, in a drug influence. And the people selling the drugs know this. 
They're running a business, an illegal business, but they know this. So they play to the images. They play to the influences. And this often leads to the homicides. This leads to the incarceration. This leads to the breakup, not just within the family, but within the community. On the point of addiction uh, at Voices of Black Mothers United, uh, how do you address that? Going back to the history, again, of our community, it used to be a time where the gangs and those that were the ones who were pushing the drugs, it used to be a time where there was a code of ethics among the gang members. And that code was children, the elderly, and athletes were off limits. That code doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's just, words can't even explain the, the ill thought process of these people who are doing this violence and pushing these drugs. The ill thought process of them is that they do not care anymore. They do not care. They intentionally target the kids to get them not just to sell the drugs, but addicted to the drugs in order to sell the drugs, all right? So we, again, we as the mothers have to take our rightful role and say, not my child, because we know that that only leads to two places. And in in the neighborhood, they say those two places is either jail or hell, meaning you will get killed. So that's a huge problem of what's causing a lot of the violence. They're addicted to the drug, trying to sell the drug, or either get it any way that they can. So we, as Black Mothers United, we try to address those issues with the programs and solutions that we bring to the community. I was in Ferguson during the riots, Sylvia. I saw, even though Black Lives Matter came on kind of the national scene during uh, earlier than that, uh, during the Trayvon Martin, uh, the incident, the trial, all the media around that, they really rose to prominence with a lie about Michael Brown, his best friend who was exposed. I watched this play out. I walked those streets. I saw the riots, and I went back afterwards, which no other media organization did. And even two years, three years later to now, still they haven't recovered. Black Lives Matter came out hundreds of millions of dollars given to organizations, uh, whether BLM Global Foundation, uh, social justice organizations under the guise, corporations, athletes, giving all to this. I ask the question constantly on air, where in the United States is any of this being applied to the actual issues that affect blacks in America? What do you say? Well, I, I typically um, 
don't like to speak towards another organization. Um, however, I just wish that those millions of dollars could be applied to grassroots organizations who are actually doing work to curtail the violence within their community. That's what I say. That money, those money need to be redirected to proven grassroots who are on the ground, who are walking the neighborhoods that don't nobody else want to go into, who are talking to the game leaders that nobody else want to talk to. That's where the money needs to go. Instead, redirected to mansions and various properties, in some cases, unaccountable, under investigation. The the people that are really hurt by the riots, the violence, the shootings, the, the, the rise in crime, the drug addiction, they need help in America. And not just blacks, everyone, but we're talking about the black community here. Your organization has raised a lot of awareness about this. What can people do, people listening right now, what can they do to to get involved, to help in any way? We are on the ground in 23 states. Again, we're in neighborhoods that no one wants to go into. But we have the moral authority as mothers who've lost their children to violence. And we need the funding to help us continue to do this and to do more within the communities to make them safer, to make us accountable for our own neighborhoods. The funds, we need funds. And they can go to the org and donate to Voices of Black Mothers United, the org. Well, we'll continue to keep that out there for you as well. I'll make sure that's up on my social media out there. They've heard it here on the show. Uh, Sylvia, in those neighborhoods, in those areas, uh, there are many people willing to help. I I already have someone I want to introduce to you uh, in Miami who's been working for two decades plus uh, to help people in the community. Uh, And there are people that need to get involved and bring others to the table. I see another problem within the community, and I've been to some of the local meetings, the various CRAs and otherwise, and I see a group of people, black people, who actually are either incapable, unqualified, or crooked in what they do to maintain their power within the black community and do very little to help others. That's a dangerous combination. But I have been to, what, three or four meetings in the last couple of months in poor areas of Miami and seen this time and time again. We've got to clean that out. They're holding people back. I agree there are some communities where... Um, the leadership uh, does not have the best interests of the communities in mind. But that's when it comes down to us here again, walking these streets, talking to the people, 
educating them um, and pushing them to exercise their right to vote. If you want change, then you have to be the change that you want. And that starts with you. That starts with you getting these people out of office. Don't vote just because, quote, unquote, they're black. But that comes through educating. That comes through sitting down and having a one-on-one, heart-to-heart, plain old conversation with people that does not consist of 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 a 25-word letter word that they don't understand. That comes to putting it in plain text where they can see that this is what you voted in and this is what they're doing to you. Now, you don't vote because someone is black or someone is white or someone is a female. You vote because this is the issue at hand. And we have to change that that narrative or or that generational um, thing that people feel like they got to vote a certain way because this is what they've been told all their lives. No, let's educate you. If you want safer neighborhoods and you seen that they did not bring that to you, change your vote. Better yet, vote. Yeah. That that would be a good start. So let's go right there. Uh, Voices of Black Mothers United. This is a strategic initiative of the Woods and Center, uh, working neighborhood to neighborhood in 23 states. And uh, Sylvia Bennett Stone, director of Voices of Black Mothers United, here with me. Uh, you can go to their website, voicesofblackmothers.com, or to the Woodson Center uh, website and support them directly. Uh, I'll make a donation. I'm encouraging others to do the same, Sylvia. And uh, we'll be talking again. Thank you, David. This was a pleasure speaking with you. And I appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the support. Thank you Thank so you. much. The, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much. Sylvia Bennett Stone, just an amazing organization, another great effort uh, of the Woodson Center. So uh, check them out at uh, their website. Again, for many of you, you're very familiar with uh, the Woodson Center, or you can just go to voicesofblackmothers.com. Join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.